Today on the AEW Express podcast, what the hell is Abaddon? Who did Cody take on for the TNT Championship? Also, I make an argument that the name Super Havoc would be better than Super Bad Squad. Stay tuned. Welcome back. My name is Reggie Brooks. Welcome back to the newly minted AEW Express. Had to change the name. Found out the official after show of uh, Impact was called Aftershock. And God dang it. If we're going to be the the unofficial after show of Dynamite, we can't be stealing names, so we're going to become we're going to steal the name Express and become the AEW Express. Okay. My argument wasn't that good, but you know what? But it was another fun week of wrestling and uh, usually we'd start with the first match on Dynamite. This but this week we're going to start with what happened on Dark. There was a lot of wrestling on Dark. I'll have to give you the whole list of matches in just a minute. I guess we became so used to the way WWE does their um I guess you can call them C shows, even though I think I, I, I like to think of those B shows. But um, if you're thinking of like your pay per views as your A show, then I guess a SmackDown or a Raw or a, a Dynamite could be your B show, therefore making something like a main event or a Dark uh, the C show. Uh, but AEW is kind of changing up the formula. They're they're definitely using AEW Dark a little a lot differently, I should say, uh, than a company like WWE. I mean, I'll go over the la- the uh, the list line. Or the list line. What the hell's a list line? Uh, the match list um, for uh, this week's AEW Dark. Uh, we had Capital Vices, who I hadn't heard of before. Um, again, this, I was my first week actually watching a whole episode of Dark, which was an hour and a half long. I thought that was really, really long for an, uh, uh, a sea show, but okay. Uh, so Capital Vices, Sin and Money, who kind of look like... Um, I don't know. They kind of look like the children of the Mountie, if the Mountie lost his way. Anyways, them and uh, John Cruz took on Jurassic Express in a losing effort. Let's see what else did we have here. Brandon Cutler and Peter Avalon lost again to SCU. Uh, their little story between Brandon Cutler and Peter Avalon afterwards. It doesn't look like they're going to be a tag team much longer. Uh, Danny Jordan versus Big Swole. Big Swole took that one. Uh, Lance, I, I, they're building this rivalry between Big Swole and Britt Baker, and they did a good segment this week on Dynamite. I'm just not sure how much longer you're going to be able to... Um, carry that rivalry without having you're not able to have a match until at least september we're thinking so um i'm a little curious of what they're doing with that but anyways big swole uh, with a win over danny jordan i don't know if they're just gonna have her keep winning matches but they're gonna have to shoot her up and have her beat a couple actual people before she takes on Britt baker i think uh lance archer he took like the biggest guy he could find backstage and brought him out to the ring and then proceeded to throw him out of the ring for some reason uh he beat david ali pretty quick uh, Musa and Sean Dean versus Joey Janela and said he kissed. They're trying out this new tag team. Uh, the only problem I have with AEW Dark is I feel like I've been dropped in the middle of a wrestling show and I'm, there's not a lot of um, there, there's not a lot of story going on here. And I, I get that they want to tell stories in, on AEW Dark and do something a little different with this show. Um, I think they have to be. It's probably going to HBO Max. I can't see why, the reason why they'd have gone from AEW Dark being an hour to now an hour and a half if they weren't thinking of shopping it around. So I'm assuming we're going to see it go on to something like HBO Max in the next couple months. But um, yeah, this it, if you're going to be doing that and I'm going to be paying for AEW Dark to watch it, um, I need to know what's going on in the story because um, this is my first week watching it, the whole thing fully through. I've watched a little bit of AEW Dark here and there, um, but... I, the Joey Janelle and Sunny Kiss, I'm Excalibur and Taz are talking about how you know th- these two have been pretty good so far, and I'm like I haven't seen them at all. 
Now, they might have had one match on AEW Dark, but or maybe not at all, but didn't they just form like a couple weeks ago? So why are we already talking about how they're already forming as a team and all that? Uh, the match itself was fine. I think they that uh, Janela and Kiss still have a little bit to go on their uh, their tag team work, but they it's like their second match together, if that. So I'm not too worried about that. That'll they'll work itself out. I could see these two being uh, contenders for the world for the uh, world tag team championships in uh, not too long of a time though. They they are very good, both of them. Uh, Sunny Kiss's offense is absolutely insane. It's very unique, but it's also insane. It, his finish is literally jumping off the top ropes and doing a jumping off the top ropes and doing a, the splits onto someone. Um, it's the first time I remember in a long time seeing a finisher that actually hurt my groin. So that was a that definitely was a an accomplishment from Sunny Kiss. So uh, good on Sunny Kiss. It was a I, I, he was the standout performer in that tag team match for me. Uh, we also had Ali and Brandy Rhodes uh, versus Red Velvet and Kenzie Page. Um, it was what it was. There was some story here. They're still doing the story between QT Marshall and Ali. Obviously, Ali's using QT, but they're, yeah. Uh, Lee Johnson loses to uh, Sean Spears, who's now a superhero because he has a fingerless glove. Uh, Brady Pierce and John Schuyler lose to the Dark Order. Apparently, we found out after um, that John Schuyler uh, had a pretty bad knee injury uh, during the match, and he's going to be out for about six months. Um, he said it was just a freak accident, nobody's fault. So uh, Griff Garrison lost to Jimmy Havoc. Uh, Penelope Ford beats Skyler Moore and Scorpio Sky versus Robert Anthony. I think you can, uh, you know, see how all those matches went. Uh, it was a good show. I, I really enjoy the commentary team of Excalibur and Taz. I feel like that's got to be the future of uh, Dynamite commentary-wise, Taz and uh, Excalibur. They're just so good together. I mean, I, I haven't heard Taz that loose since, whew, it's probably about 2016 on his radio show. Um... Taz was on, Excalibur was on, they were making each other laugh, they were popping each other. I can't remember what the one joke was, but um, I remember, like, oh, I think it was because um, one of the wrestlers who was on the show, I can't remember who it was. I'm just looking through the list here trying to remember. Was it was it Sean Spears? No. But it was somebody, and he was trained by Killer Kowalski, and... Taz said he might be the most successful guy trained by Killer Kowalski and Excalibur kind of, it was something, I'm paraphrasing, but it was something along those lines, and you could hear Excalibur laugh, and he's just like, oh yeah, you know, sure it is, sure is Taz, Taz, you know, just kind of giving him crap, because we all, you know, most hardcore wrestling fans know that the, not even arguably the most famous wrestler to be trained by Killer Kowalski is Triple H, so I thought that was a little funny thing, and it it kind of like... they know who their audience on Dark is. They know that the casual fan of AEW isn't coming to watch Dark on YouTube. They know it's the hardcore fan, and I think having Excalibur and Taz there will really help them. Uh, they can start off doing this really hardcore fan um, shtick on uh, commentary, and I don't say shtick to make it uh, to devalue it. It's amazing with their commentary together. Um, and I think they could refine that into doing a really, really good mainstream wrestling commentary team. They could really morph into that, just given some more work. I think right now they're they're very much for the um, the hardcore fan, but I like I said, I could see in a not too long of a time, maybe a couple of years, because I, I I don't really think Jr. has a couple of years left in him, even if he want like even even wanting to work. Um, so yeah, Excalibur and Taz would have to be my next, uh, would have to be my next commentary pair for Dynamite. You can keep Shivani in there, um, but I like what Shivani's doing now where he's kind of, um, not 
part-time, but he goes back and forth. He does a lot of the uh, interviews in the ring and does a lot of uh, extracurricular stuff when it comes to uh, commentary. So I'd like to see that. Maybe a Taz Excalibur booth with Tony kind of going on location, being in the booth sometimes. I think I'd like that team. So we ended up kicking off Dynamite with the uh, Tag Team Championship match. Kenny Omega, Adam Page versus Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall. Um, QT Marshall looked really good in this match. He did that uh, that handstand springboard enziguri, I think it was at one point, which was, well, it's just not something I expect to see out of QT Marshall. Uh, Dustin Rhodes had a lot of good offense. I thought he was going to uh, have a... I, for some reason, I was watching this match, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, this match has to be going on because probably, like, Kenny and Dustin really want to work together. Like, it, it kind of just seemed that way. And I felt so bad because it looked like, at one point, uh, they clocked heads, and for a bit, didn't look like Dustin was going to maybe be himself for the rest of the match. But he did end up coming around the end, and uh, he came back, and he looked fine. So I'm assuming they're both fine, uh, him both and Kenny. Uh, Kenny and Hangman actually retained here. Um, I, I kind of assumed they would. This wasn't the tag match I caught wrong, prediction-wise, but uh, yeah. Omega and Paige retained here. I kind of figured they would. Um, Dustin and QT, they've been built up on Dark, so it was kind of... It's hard for me when... Okay, think about it like this. If if WWE was pushing the Shining Stars... I know they're not with the company anymore, but, you know, just bear with me. If, if the WWE was pushing the Shining Stars on, you know, main event, and then we get to Raw one week, and they just have a match for the WWE Raw tag team championships i feel like we'd be criticizing that for being too quick and i know dustin rhodes and qt marshall are both veterans and you know but like i, I want to see them on actual tv actually putting on really good matches before um they get a tag team title match because i get the idea what they're doing with the tnt championship match or um, the matches i should say like tony khan basically has to sign off and you can have your match so they have a story to why there's no uh, build up for these TNT championship matches, which I'm okay with. But we got to this point. How? How did we get to Dustin Rhodes versus QT Marshall? So that that was the only gripe I had with it. The match itself was really fun. Uh, they have, they ended it off. It looked like they were going to end it a couple times, but uh, they just couldn't get it done. And then finally, the uh, they finally hit that V trigger. Uh, oh, buckshot lariat combo and took the match. But I was just. I couldn't get myself fully invested in the match because of who was in it. And it wasn't any, that's not a slight any of the guys in the match. That's just because it was so out of the blue. Like they were just getting a tag team championship match. So out of the blue. So I just want to see a little more build for championship matches with uh, AEW. I think that's one of the things that's been lacking is the build to some of these championship matches. Even if we had like a two week build, Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall getting a chance at them. Like I felt like last week I was just so uh, surprised by the fact they were getting a tag team championship match. So, uh, but it was a fun match, like I said. Uh, just, I couldn't get totally invested in it. Uh, and then after that, they did a vignette for... I feel like AEW this week was just, like, hitting me with matches really quickly. And it was... I was almost exhausted by, I was, by the time I was done. Because it was a really good show, but it was, like, a lot of wrestling. Like, Dark was literally just, you know, one, two, three, celebration, preview next match. Guys come out, we're wrestling all over again. So by the time I got to, like... You know, the TNT Championship match. I'm like, holy crap, I've been watching wrestling for like two and a half hours now. So, that's why this review maybe isn't as... Uh, it won't be... I, I don't know if it's not going to be as good as it has been the last couple weeks. Just because I watch so much wrestling and there's so much stuff uh, going on in my head. Um, but, 
definitely this next match caught my caught my eye, regardless of whether I was getting tired or not. Uh, so they they did this thing where they did this vignette for this girl Anna J. And okay, in perfect honesty, it was a weak promo or a weak vignette. You know, she's has a top hat. She looks like something out of the greatest showman. She's, you know, she calls herself the star of the show. And once she said star of the show, that's when I knew something was going on here. I knew that she was not the featured woman of this match because it was so lame. I'm sorry. The star of the show. It's just not a good, it's not a good gimmick. Anna Jay, if that's your gimmick, Hey, you, you can, you can wrestle, but that gimmick just ain't going to work. And I don't think she's going to stick with the gimmick. We'll get to that in a bit. But, so she comes out, and her opponent's not in the ring. And if I didn't know from the gimmick that she was going to lose this match, I knew by, I knew when I saw there was nobody else in the ring. And then we saw the screen. I'm like, what the hell's an Abaddon? And then out crawling is this... The only thing I can compare it to is if Nikki Cross got really into Marilyn Manson and sclera contact lenses she's this girl looks like a nightmare like she is the living embodiment of a nightmare like she looks like something that would be in like those uh bray wyatt uh you know those really quick snaps they do of these videos and these horror things like she could be in one of those and like she is sister abigail abaddon is sister abigail that's what they that's what wwe should have made sister abigail and i'm thinking of it now do you think abaddon could be a rib no, no, no. Okay, maybe not. Now, okay, now I'm now I'm going into conspiracy mode, because now I'm thinking, okay, maybe Abaddon is like you know Tony Khan being like, remember when WWE was going to do Sister Abigail? <laughs> yeah, no, I'll show him Sister Abigail. Like, that <laughs> was fun. It was a lot of fun. She, uh, it was a quick match. Uh, her finish was a spike her Karana. I didn't care about the finish. Um, finish that, fix the finish, make it something else, do it something that is more in line with the character. A Spike Hurricanrana just seems very pedestrian, uh, for the Ab- Abaddon character. Uh, but after, there was even more story. I, that's what I love about AEW. I get the story of Anna J coming out, and I'm like, hey, what the hell is this thing gonna be? And everybody's giving praise for AEW right now for, um, showing that vignette of Anna J. And I thought it was really great, really creative. They should have had a better gimmick for her in that vignette. That gimmick was terrible. The star of the show gimmick was awful. Um, but NXT did that did that whole setup first. And I'll give credit where credit's due there. And maybe they weren't the first ones to do it, but that's the first time I remember seeing it. A guy built up, or a wrestler built up, and then not being the actual feature. And if we don't forget, in NXT, remember Dan Matha? Remember how Dan, like, this wasn't a, I don't believe it was a debut, but Dan Matha was debuting. I know he was debuting. And Samoa Joe just came out and beat the shit out of him and left. Like, it was a fe- it was a segment to feature Samoa Joe, but they had led up to the f- actual segment itself with a vignette about Dan Matha, who then d- just got destroyed by Samoa Joe. So, if before everybody starts going to give everybody props for this Anna J vignette saying, oh my god, it was so creative that she came out first and... Or she had that vignette, and then she wasn't even the uh, the focus of it. I'm, it has been done. It was really good, though. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but it was the story after the match they told that got me really into it. So Brody Lee comes out, and we had already seen Colt Cabana in the crowd. So Colt or uh, Brody Lee comes out. He's got a folder. The guy brings the folder to Colt Cabana, and Colt Cabana basically looks it over. It looks like it's a contract of some sort. 
And then we found out after uh, later in the show that Brody Lee and Colt Caban are going to have a tag team match next week on Dynamite. Uh, I'm really interested to see how the Dark Order is going to process new members. Um, because, like, we had Colt Cabana going into his office last week. Him. Uh, Mr. Brody Lee's office last week. And he didn't change. Um, so is this tag team match next week going to change Colt? Uh, will Anna J be changed next week? And so I, I, it'll be interesting to see how, uh, where they go moving forward with the Dark Order. Because I think we're so conditioned to think of factions going one way in, like, WWE that we're kind of falsely thinking this Dark Order thing's going to be a cheesy thing. But I don't think so, actually. I think this could actually be really something special for AEW if they play their cards right. And let me explain why. Um, so they have this Vance Archer kid in uh, the Dark Order. And this was something I was I thought of while I was listening to Jim Cornette, because Jim Cornette hates the Dark Order. And, like, to a degree, I understand where he's coming from. Like, it can come off cheesy. Um, I think when Evil Uno came out for the first time, like, Evil Uno is a very good character. Don't get me wrong, but the mask is a little goofy looking, and I think people aren't getting past that because that was always the first thing they saw when it came to the Dark Order. So they think it's just a goofy thing. <laughs> so, um, this... We need the Dark Order to become a serious faction. I need a couple belts to go to the Dark Order. I'm thinking maybe, like, the the TNT Championship. Originally, I was thinking MJF should maybe win it off Cody. I'm wondering if somebody in the Dark Order should, though. Um, because, like, what if a Brody Lee won the TNT Championship? We know that, like, Brody Lee can handle a mid-card, you know, title. He's a good enough worker. He's reliable. He puts on really good matches. So, I, I don't see why not. Um, but we need something to validate the Dark Order and make them an actual force in wrestling. Because the bigger the force they become, the bigger of a star you can get out of it. Look at the Nation of Domination with The Rock. You know, look at all those factions. Look at the factions with, you know, look at, uh, you know Nakamura in Chaos. Um, you know, Bullet Club, Kenny with Kenny Omega. AJ Styles in uh, at Bullet Club. Uh, Finn Balor literally came up with his own faction. And he's one of the biggest stars in the world now. Who was Finn Balor before, you know... He came up with Bullet Club. He was just, you know, he was a good wrestler, but he was just another guy. So I think Dark Order should be built up, and we should be, they should start actually, like, causing some actual trouble for the AEW roster. And as their numbers grow, I think they will. And I think it'll be the the decimation of the Dark Order that you could become, uh, that could be, like, making a star. And I think Vance Archer's the guy you want to make there. This guy's the one, the guy, they, I think they really, they're high on. Uh, he suffered an injury in that one match, I think, so he's out for a while. But I think what should happen is um, Vance Archer, when he comes back, uh, he should be with the Dark Order for a while, but I think he should also get kicked out. And I think that Brody Lee should um, become more vicious with his underlings. Uh, you know, if there's, say, a tag match, or sorry, a tag match is going on with Evil Uno and Stu Grayson and, say, 10, because Vance Archer is 10 in the Dark Order, uh, what if he gets in the way or, like, accidentally or, you know, something, an accident happens and the Dark Order loses the tag team match? Well, then after that, Brody Lee should take him to the back and, like, in a, in a, on hidden camera somewhere in the corner, just have him just beating the hell out of Vance Archer every time he screws up. Screw up, go to the back, get just pummeled. And it's just Brody Lee doing it. No one else. And then eventually, one day, he screws up. And, like, obviously, he's getting the crap beaten out of him every time he screws up. And he's always getting into his own head. Now he just keeps on screwing up. Now they just leave him in the ring one night. And he's just there by himself. And from there, 
now you have a redemption story because this guy can has to you make it his mission now to destroy the dark order and this guy says i'm willing to go to any means necessary to destroy this group and then where you go from there is you know off your imagination how i would do it though is i would actually have vance archer become a guy have him become a mid-card guy you know like have him kind of be like i'm gonna get my revenge on Brody lee but i can't do it right now his numbers are too good and i don't know how to get in i don't know how i can destroy him from the outside when he has an army like this by this time Brody lee's probably you know i want him to have um uh, i want him to have collected guys like scu um you know, former champions now can't even resist the appeal of the Dark Order. You know, all wrestlers struggle. struggle. All wrestlers lose their push. So now you can just send them to the Dark Order. You can't let it become, you know, 1998 NWO. But then Vance Archer has to go in and you have to find a way to destroy it. And go back and look at superhero movies or go and look at these great stories about these heroes who go and you know, against all odds. Destroy the evil organization or destroy the evil being. And I think that's the story you need to tell with the Dark Order to make this whole thing worthwhile. You come up with all these factions and all these ideas to make money off of them. And I think the Dark Order is one of those ones where if you want to make a good... If you want to make good money off of them, then not I'm not saying directly off of them, but off of whoever's fighting them, they have to be more legitimate. Like, even more legitimate than they are now. I want to be legitimately scared of what the Dark Order does, and I want to be upset when they come out to screw with my favorite wrestlers. Or, even worse, recruit them. And I think if they started doing that, you'd see a, a very big uh, change in the way that wrestling fans view that group. Of course, I can't forget about Britt Baker. Uh, she was at the side. She actually had isolated herself. Uh, from everybody, and she made a point of sending Tony Schiavone notes about it. She had the she she had her golf cart, and she had like a clothesline uh, between her golf cart and the commentary table. She was about I don't know 10, 12 feet away, and she would put it. She would hang the note on the clothesline and reel it over. It was a great visual, and then Tony would get it, and then he would you know reluctantly say what's on the note, and you could tell Britt starting to lose her mind. Uh, I think at one point she uh, fired Reba and then hired her back and then asked where Tony was. And she had given, she had put Tony on a friend break, so she didn't want to talk to him. But then she realized, you know, what Tony meant to her. So she yelled at Reba to go get him back because he should be there, even though she had told him they were on a break, you know, a friend break. Uh, Britt Baker's doing some entertaining work right now. And then, of course, Big Swole was in that cart at one point and she just took off with Britt Baker. So she, that's how she ended up, you know. In a dumpster looking for Tony Schiavone. I should have mentioned that. She was in a dumpster. Uh, so yeah. Fun stuff from Britt Baker. She's basically losing her mind. Again, I don't know how they're going to build this big swole Britt Baker thing until Britt can wrestle. Because again, we don't, we, we're we thinking that's not till uh, September. But maybe she gets back early. Maybe we can have a match in August, which is still a whales off. But it not it's still not as far as September at least. Uh, but you know what? For this week... I was happy with the way the story developed. It wasn't really much developing. It was more just entertainment. Uh, but sometimes you need that. So I think that was... It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun what's going on with Britt Baker and Big Swole. But I am concerned. Considering what's going on with Britt Baker. So... Um, hoping that'll all go smoothly. And we'll, able to, we'll be able to get there... Um, easily. And... Creatively. So that, that's my hope for that. We also had MJF and Billy. Um... 
kind of what you expected from an MJF Billy match. Uh, went on, Billy kind of dominated at one point. Wardlow got the ring in. MJF hits Billy with the ring. That's about it for uh, Billy. Um, Billy did come out with the Suns, though, and I found out what other gun's name is. It's Colton. Colton Gun. I didn't know it was Colton for some reason. Uh, so, yeah, now I know it's Billy, Austin, and Colton. I, I think I'm still going to call him Other Gun, though. Um, so if we had Cody come out, he was say he told, he, uh, they mentioned, the commentators had mentioned at the top of the show that, uh, Cody had a p- hand-picked, a competitor to take him on for the TNT Championship, who was actually not in AEW, so of course, that's what you're first thinking of. Um, you know what, I consider myself a pretty big wrestling fan, but I'll, I'll be straight up, I did not know who Ricky Starks was. So when he came on the TV, there was a, these are, like, this is a crowd full of wrestling fans. This is a complete crowd full of wrestling fans, and there wasn't much of a reaction, so I'm not sure they... Well, I'm assuming they knew who he was, but maybe they just weren't... Maybe they knew already, so they didn't really react. Okay, scratch that. Well, I didn't react because I didn't know who he was, but Ricky Starks, uh, I guess he's from the NWA. I haven't watched as much power as I would have liked. Not enough to see Ricky Starks, apparently. Um, Yeah, um, it was a slow one to start, but they definitely picked it up. It wasn't as long as I thought it was going to be. These Cody matches can be really long sometimes, but this was actually pretty short. Uh, just one crossroads took the win, but this Ricky Starks kid looked good. I was really impressed. And I like, if I'm AEW, I'm looking at this kid and I'm like, yeah, bring him in. Like once he's, once he's, uh, fulfilled all his obligations with NWA, I think it's really hard to not bring him in. This is somebody who can help bolster your mid card. He has a great look. Uh, I didn't, wasn't particularly fond of his gear, but like, that's not, a big thing. I mean, I think, would he need a name change? I don't know. Ricky Starks? Eh, okay. I mean, the gimmick wasn't really doing anything for me. I can't remember what his gimmick was, so that should tell you that. Um, but I did really like the look, and I really liked his wrestling abilities, so I think maybe given a couple tweaks here and there, I think he could be really, really good. Um, but for now, I think it was a really good debut on national television for Ricky Starks, and I hope he, uh, I hope he's happy with that because that was a really good match. Again, there was, I don't know what it was with the Rhodes brothers tonight, but I think even Starks and Cody bopped heads at one point because they both looked a little, they had collided and they both looked a little woozy afterwards. So I don't know what's going on with those Rhodes, uh, those Rhodes kids hitting each other's heads on all the other competitors. Uh, we had Superbad Death Squad versus the Young Bucks. A little thing I want to touch here. Uh, they, they're advertising the Superbad Death Squad now is just Superbad Squad. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure whether they just want to get rid of the word death in the name because of, you know, everything going on in the world right now. This was a fun match, even though it was like kind of random. Uh, it was full of, you know, Tom Foolery, the Butcher and the Blade were at ringside, FTR were at ringside, so it was kind of like, you know, it was, I, okay, here's the thing, you're building this Young Bucks FTR matchup to be the greatest tag team match of all time, please don't start marketing them like that, um, but why the Butcher and the Blade in there, and, like, Superbad Death Squad, it just seemed like, why didn't you just have an eight-man tag at that point, and then you could have dissension between the Young Bucks and Superbad Death Squad, this was a good match, I just didn't get it. I didn't get the reason of putting it on, and I don't get the reason of dropping the death part of Superbad Death Squad. Uh, Superbad Squad sounds terrible. You could have just called them Super Havoc. Uh, I don't know. Or Kip Havoc? I don't know. Like, just call them something else. Superbad Squad's terrible. It sounds like a 90s, like... What was the 90s 
superhero show, Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Yeah, call them that instead of Super Bad Squad. Superhuman Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad is better than Super Bad Squad. I'm sorry, or just call them Super Havoc. But Super Bad Squad's terrible. Or put the death back in there. I don't think anybody was complaining. Uh, you gotta either change Kip Sabian's look or Jimmy Havoc's look, because they looked completely opposite. It just—it's not the good kind of opposite. It's not like the Cesaro getting cheered, Sheamus getting booed tag team. This just—it looks funny. Um, if you want to have them both kind of adapt to each other's looks, that's cool. I think it'd be kind of cooler if Kip did a little more of the Jimmy Havoc thing. I would like to see Kip come out with the, instead of the sunglasses, have the mask like Jimmy does on the entrance. Just for a little more camaraderie, you know? I just didn't feel like they were uh, really wanting to work together. They kind of seemed forced together, and i just like to see a little more uh, fluidity between the, the two tag team members. Um, so, as I was saying, I was watching a lot of wrestling yesterday. I started with Dark, and then I watched... Uh, I think around 10 o'clock I started Dynamite. I basically watch it after the fact, but I don't look up the spoilers first just so I enjoy it more. Um, so we, I kind of was going fading in and out by the time we got to the main event. Main event, uh, Pardon me. Uh, so Matt Hardy, I saw Matt Hardy on commentary and I saw Jericho and uh, Sammy come out and I heard Sammy singing. Uh, I was kind of ticked off because the Canadian feed of uh, Sammy singing got cut off. I don't know if the US version did, but Sammy's singing got cut off like right at the beginning. So I was not happy with that. Um, but apparently it was a very good tag team match. Uh, but I, this one I was wrong on last week. Uh, last week I called that Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho, the sex gods would probably win those, pick up the, uh, chances at the tag team titles on dynamite this week. And I, I'll, I'll eat crow on this one. I was completely wrong. So yeah. Uh, oh my God. I'm just getting the names wrong, mixed up now. Uh, so Trent and Chucky, they ended up winning and keeping their opportunities for fighter festival where they're where they will take on uh kenny omega and adam page uh is this where kenny and hangman drop the titles i still don't think so i still don't think this is where the titles go on to best friends um it's just i like best friends and they've been you know what maybe i could i could change my mind maybe and only because i was listening to something where i was listening to a podcast where uh, somebody was talking about how best friends have just been such good sports throughout this whole quarantine thing. And you think about it in AEW, who's in AEW week after week after week is the best friend. So you know what? Maybe they are going to grab those, uh, that gold at, uh, fighter fest. Cause you need, you, you at least want one, uh, title change. And I know these aren't pay-per-views. These are just, you know, fighter fest this year is just two shows that are taking the place of, uh, dynamite much like we saw with uh, bash at the beach. So, I I would like to see a title change because you're varying the show a little bit and you're changing the aesthetic and you're trying to make it summary and trying to make it a bit like you're trying to make it an event. So I could see maybe the tag team title changing here because I don't see the women's title changing. Um, do we even have a women's title match? And I don't see the TNT championship going on to um, Jake Hager either because I think MJF has to win that. MJF either has to win that TNT championship next or AEW championship next. He has to be the next champion for one of those titles, I would think. After Fighter Fest, but uh, so I'm a little. It was a good show again this week. There's a couple things I'm a little confused by, but I'm sure they'll clear that up in the next couple weeks. It's funny because last week uh, some of the things I had mentioned were kind of hit on. Because uh, I remember last week, so Tony said. That, oh, you know, I think all I, anybody has to do is ask for a TNT championship and the matchmaker will just sign off on it and make it. 
And I'm like, so is that what Tony Khan's name is now? He's just the matchmaker? And then this week, he actually referred to the matchmaker as Tony Khan. He didn't say matchmaker. He just said Tony Khan. Maybe Tony Schiavone might be the be- the biggest fan of this show. Him and Tony Khan. The Tonys. The Tonys love the AW Express. Look at that. Love it. Anyways, that's going to do it for us this week. We are uh, yeah, I'm running a little short on time, so I'm going to cut it short. Uh, but I hope you enjoyed this week's uh, episode. And we'll join you next week for next week's episode of the AEW Express. Have a good week, everybody.